advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestions and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Dr. Doreen Grandpichet is the Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen Grandpichet. Dr. Grandpichet. Dr. Doreen Grandpichet. Dr. Doreen Grandpichet is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. Good morning and welcome. Look who I have back here with me right now. Yesterday we were saying to you, we think it might be the last time that we have Dr. Doreen on because I hadn't asked her yet because I knew we had an opening today and she said yes. So we have, we have Dr. Doreen Grampichet back with us today live in the studio. And I'm so happy to be here with it's you today. It's lovely. I agree. Uh, I, I, this morning there was a hot minute where I was like, "Who? whose idea was it to do a show this morning? And then I remembered that we got to be here with you and I was like, oh, good. It's I get to be here with you. <laughs> so good morning and good welcome. Morning. Good morning, everyone. For those of you who usually tune on, on Wednesday and perhaps don't know who Dr. Grampichet is, she is a world expert in the field of autism. I believe the preeminent expert mm-hmm. in our time and there is no other time really. Uh, in the field of autism. She's been working in this field for more than 40, years. I know she looks like she's 16 and Crazy. a half, but she isn't. Uh, and she's been helping all kinds of families, including my family. And she's remarkable and amazing. I know you had said at the end of the show yesterday that one of the things that you're doing right now uh, in your, you're, I mean, you're retired, but you're not retired. Uh, well, it's so much uh, more retired than my previous life. Yes, let's know, say so. that. But that's that's like crazy talk, right? Because <laughs> that was, uh, in, you know, you were so busy. But um, one of the things that she's doing right now is that she is donating her time to one family a month and giving right, them right. a free consultation evaluation, evaluation yep. um, that you can do via Zoom. So you could be anywhere in the world. and Where I will, you know, look at, previous reports and talk to parents and maybe observe the child playing a little bit and then give you some guidance on next steps. That's sort of how I do the evals. Which is like there's no way to even put a value on that, but you're doing that completely as, you know, donating your time yep. as a gift. It's no cost to the family, but there is a limit of one per family. So if that's something... One per month. One, one per month. What did I say? One, one per, per family. <laughs> one per month. Hello. Uh, vacation brain, um, <laughs> one per month. Um, and so the next couple of months are already booked, but you can, you know, she's booking out 2023 right now. If that's something that you're interested in, the best way to go about that is to write to me and I will forward your request to her assistant. You do need to be patient, um, cause it will take a while to get that scheduled, but it, you know, you'll be on a list to get that and, um, patient okay. and persistent, but patient. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, but also, we we were talking a little bit yesterday about Autism Care Today and the amazing organization that you founded and that you are the president of, correct? Yes, yes. Autism Care Today, wonderful charity. You guys should check out their website, act-today.org. I know they just made some changes. We're working on the website again, yeah. So. Yeah. What you should do is uh, eliminate your cache so that it doesn't go to the old website. Mm-hmm. This is what I was told yesterday. I don't know. 
Um, but there are places there that you can see amazing things that happen. They are not in an open grant phase right now. And we will try to remember to let you know when there is an open grant phase again um, so that you can get grants for the things that you need. Yeah, absolutely. And we, I mean, you could always submit a grant application, but it'll go in line, right? Because until we open again. There you go. So, and yeah, we're just uh, really busy trying to give out the grants that we can from the previous event that we had and um, also some of the folks who helped us fundraise this year, which was really awesome. And, and yeah, and I, um, you know, I, I welcome all families to help us in the fundraising portion of it as well because it is hard to raise funds right now. Uh, a lot of people are struggling still post-COVID, um, and that's part of the reason that we really want to try to raise funds and help folks because it is so needed right now as well. Yeah, and there are a couple of things that you guys can do at home that are really helpful. I don't know if you know this. When We all have an Amazon account now, right? Yes, And yes. on Amazon, there is something called Amazon Smile. And yep. if you Google, it'll come up, and it allows you to pick any charity that you want. And it gives a portion of the proceeds of the sale that you make with Amazon to that charity. Now, it is a small amount, but it adds up. Oh, it definitely. If, you're doing, if you are doing all, a lot of your shopping on Amazon, like a lot of us are... Then, then that adds up over a year, and if you multiply that times all the people who are watching, that's a significant amount of money. That pays for people to be able to get those safety fences that we were talking about yesterday, get help with their co-pays. That's I mean, right. And there's nothing really that you guys have to do except register, and then every time you buy something at Amazon, it will automatically do it. It does. Once you register, and I did this many years ago, and I'm still... I, every time you... It just, you put in Act Today and basically, or Autism Care Today, and then uh, it, you don't have to log into Amazon Smile ever again. You can just go to your Amazon app or wherever, and uh, it will automatically, I think it's something like 2%. It's a, it's a low amount, but it absolutely adds up. I would say at the end of the year, we probably receive somewhere like ten dollars or $15,000 from Amazon, just from people who've made those purchases. And it could be seven times that. If it could be so much more it. if we have more <laughs> yeah. people doing that. And every time you purchase, it'll actually tell you, you just donated to Act Today. Yeah. So it's really nice and, uh, you know, it'll be very, very helpful. And it costs you nothing. Can we be clear about that? It doesn't add any cost onto your Amazon right. purchase. It, you know, it's just Amazon's way of helping. Uh, and there are so many ways that you can do that. You can, by the way, you can do a fundraiser for ACT on Facebook. I would tell you, if you know anybody who has a business or is looking right now to make charitable, charitable donations before the end of the year, it's a great charity to give to. Right, right. Uh, and you can specify if you have something that you're particularly interested in, like they have different programs. Um, I think you're one of the only places that has a program just for military families because the yes. need is great with military yes. families. Yes, absolutely. Talk a little bit about that. Well, we, we used to do, and we still try to help as much as we can. We had a specific branch of our funding that was just Act Today for Military Families. And uh, specifically, that was because, of course, with the military, it's even harder, yeah. if you can imagine, because one or sometimes both parents are deployed. And the child who has autism is growing up with either one parent or with a grandparent or something, at least for a period of time. So that makes it a lot harder. And also, uh, you know, the military families are often moved around, 
right? So every few years they have to go to another state and so on. And so that makes it just much harder. So we really wanted to try to help as much as we could, and, and we did, and we continue to do that. Um, and you guys, you'd be surprised how many families, uh, I mean, Shannon, yesterday you read those stories of families, but yeah. the number of people who are just incredibly grateful for a small donation uh, is tremendous. And there are so many people who are struggling. We get requests from you know, single mom has two children on the spectrum. At her annual income is something like $19,000. I mean, like really, really struggling. Yeah. And, I, you know, we're very fortunate in this country to have, of course, health insurance. But uh, with co-pays being as high as they are and uh, just not being able to cover everything, there are a lot of really good things that we are doing to help people, and we love it. And it's it's a joy for me, so it's kind of a wonderful, wonderful experience for me as well. And, and I welcome all of you guys. And this is at the end of the year now, and just so you know, if you donate, you basically get a tax credit for um, the amount that you donate. And usually that's up to 50% uh, of that amount will be deducted from your taxes. So which that's a really, which that means you don't have to pay that. So that's a, it's a really great benefit. Yeah. Um, a lot of businesses are looking for it. So if you know somebody, um, you know, go to act-today.org. And you can make a donation. Please, um, yes. It's a really wonderful thing to do. Uh, I want to say that we are live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. It is Wednesday, December 21st, uh, 2022. Oh. Um, the, and so apparently the volume is a little low, um, according to Dark Angel. Can anybody else corroborate that? Or is it Dark Angel needs to turn up their volume? Um, maybe it's mine. But it might, no, no, it could be, it could be anything. But anybody else having trouble hearing, please write in and tell us we are live right now. Of course, for those of you who are watching us later on in podcasts, this show does podcast uh, and is available wherever you get your podcasts. And it is free wherever you get your podcasts. So that's a pretty incredible thing to do. We did stop doing both video and audio in podcast in 2022, but you guys resoundingly told us you preferred that. Mm -hmm. um, but if you still ever want to watch the video podcast, it's available to you on YouTube. So, um, we, and there's so much on YouTube. Yep. Oh, you guys. And Traven is reminding me to tell you that you need to subscribe on YouTube. That is a really wonderful thing that you can do. That actually helps us. That helps us to stay on the air. So uh, we appreciate it when you subscribe. It and also, of course, it's free to, it is subscribe. Free to subscribe. We're not. Yeah. And what it means is that about once a week, you'll get an email from us telling you of a video that we think is worthwhile to watch. You can ignore that or you can click on it. It makes it easier. But it also helps us, it helps, you know, for people who want to be involved with us and, and want to sponsor, it shows them that you guys are watching. And yeah. so that's a way that you can give to us and to yourself is by subscribing. Also on Facebook, um, you know, following us on Facebook or Instagram, those things, they all help. Traven is showing our fabulous Traven. Thank everything above for Traven this year. <laughs> <laughs> moving into a new studio is not for the faint of heart, let me tell you. And Traven, I am, he's a, a young man. Otherwise, I think his hair would have gone gray by now. You can see mine was already <laughs> there, so it, I didn't have to go anywhere. But, um, but he did an amazing job this year. I, I wanted to actually take a moment, uh, now that we have time this show, is to 
just take a look at the things that we managed to accomplish this year. Oh, my gosh. Which was really pretty, if you think about it, it's pretty <laughs> astounding because we actually formed the company around this time last year, I believe, yeah. right? So this was our first year. Um, we found a suite where we have this beautiful studio. Where everybody told us we couldn't. Everybody said you can't. and Not in Los Angeles. It doesn't exist. Yes. and like It's a big place. It has to exist somewhere. Right. And we did the thing that was so hard for everyone was high ceilings. Yeah. So, um, you know, our my dear friend Johnny helped us and we got this yeah. place. And then we managed to, you and Trayvon, I guess we had it painted green screens and... You know, did a lot of it ourselves, had the lighting done, the yes. stages, oh all of that. And, uh, you know, have been doing shows here. I was telling my oldest daughter who's home now, I was like, she's like, oh, so now you're going in to do the shows? I said, yeah, this whole year we've been doing the shows in, in the studio. And also, of course, we had um, the incredible Halloween event for oh ACT. Oh, and then, of course, you had the toy drive, which was yes. amazing. And we got, we did all of that. Yes. And it's been a busy year. It's been a very busy year. And, you know, it's funny because we were talking the other day about the first pancake Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, when you make the first batch of pancakes, the first one, you know, there's an acceptance of the fact that, all right, now I know how to do this better. And uh, so it's exciting now when I think about 2023, because now we start from where we are right, without having right. to do all that, which gives us so much more bandwidth to do so much more. It's true. And I'm, you know, and we didn't even talk about the fact that we launched a bunch of new podcasts this, That's right. this year, That's too. That's very true, of course. So, uh, you know, and, and did I want to do more of that? Yes, but we're going to get to some exciting things in 2023 because if you guys haven't watched Stories from the Spectrum yet, it's one of the things I'm the most proud of. It's awesome. It's um, amazing. Oh, that, and you published your book. I, yes, my, bubble, my book came out. This, this year. But I want to say, um, because I, I want to be very clear about stories from the spectrum, that you and I are the executive producers of that um, because it's a labor of love that it gives voice to people who are themselves on the autism spectrum. Right. We don't censor anything. We don't put a requirement on anything that they submit. They get paid for their work. Um, which is a really amazing thing, and we want to be able to continue that in 2023. So that's why we want you guys to subscribe. But I, I just want to be clear that it is, uh, it really is what it says it is. It's stories from the spectrum. Um, that it's, it's, it's by and for people who are neurodiverse. But, right. but you know, you and I make the space for it, uh, which I'm super proud of. Yes, and, and, absolutely. And I'm super proud to be in that with you. It's awesome. I love it. Well, um, and we also started some other shows, too, that are uh, foofier, um, but and that fun. I like. I, I, you know, because we do, with Moira Giamatteo from Taka, we do uh, Let's Talk Movies. Right, which right. Is, which is my guilty pleasure every month yes. to be able to talk about movies. I but love you, that. But you know what? There's so much now in movies. It's like every third movie we watch has a theme that has something to do with autism. Right. Whether they're naming it or not. So true. 
And uh, so I, I, there's so much crossover. And then the, the new show that I think you guys are really grooving on is Let's Talk All the Things with Rachel and Shannon. Rachel Bird joins me for that. And we've been doing craft... Pro- you have to come in and do this with us sometime. Yeah. We've been doing gra- cra- craft projects during the show while we sit and talk. I love it. So this last month, we um, decorated gingerbread houses while we sat and talked. Oh, my gosh. You would have had Amazing. such a good time. I, I don't, I, I'm afraid to watch it back, though, to hear how many swear words I muttered. <laughs> as things were falling off of my roof. But it's a good time. It's a good time. Now, no one else has said the volume is low. Is it not low for anybody else? Dark Angel, can you try to up your volume a little bit? I want to say good morning to Michelle, who's watching, and says good morning. We'll send my autism story in January. Michelle, we're, we're so excited about that. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. Happy Hanukkah to everybody. Uh, hello to Dark Angel, of course. And uh, they say, I wanted to thank you so much for your education. Oh, such a pleasure. There such you a go. Pleasure. And we're saying good morning to Susie. So thrilled that Susie is here. Susie, I got your email this morning. You know I'm. she's offered to help and volunteer the, for the next Sensitive Santa or something. So, oh, that's Or awesome. the next thing that we need somebody. I'm going to be calling amazing. you, Susie. Um, are, is everything okay because your phone is lit up like yeah, a Christmas and, tree? Yeah, and you know what's going well, on. <laughs> I think we should take a short break because I wanted to, I, you know, t- talking about toys, uh, we have been talking about fun in motion toys and in particular their fabulous Shishibo. And I think it's a toy that needs mm. to be explained because I don't think people get it unless they see it. And so I want to make sure that you guys get a chance to see what this thing does. It's a fabulous little cube, but what it can do is ever so much more than that. So, Traven, why don't we take a second? But you guys can be writing in questions. Good morning, Liliana. Um, Write in your questions now. Take a look at this Shishibo. We're going to figure out what's going on (laughs) with Dr. Grampuche. We'll be back in about a minute. So take a look at this. Doctor, did you hear what Dr. Grand Pichet was saying? She went home and played with her shishibo. I know. I play with it. I play with the mosey all the time, which is the slinky one, which oh, is also there. Oh, that toy. one is so much fun, too. Right? Uh, so go to funinmotiontoys.com, you guys. Here's the thing. Right now, they have a very special deal for you that if you are watching this show, you're going to get the code. The code is LIVE5, L-I-V-E. Five, and you put that into the discount code and you get 5% off of your total purchase. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they have other toys there as well. 
their their particular thing is that they liked flow toys, and yeah. we had them on. We did a really fascinating interview with them, like a week and a half ago. And they're surfers mm. is what they're you know. Yes, and so they like to get into that mindset where things flow. Right. So they like toys that get you into that mindset, which very much the shishibo does because it's it's sensory pleasure. It feels good. Like they're 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 slick. They feel almost like oh silk, yeah, they are right? very very so- yes, very smooth. Yeah. Yes, and they when their their whole thing is that if it if it flow if it goes it flows and if it doesn't that you got to go the other way ah. because there's only one way that you can move the thing it'll resist and when you feel the resistance you got to try something else. Right. Which I think is great problem solving. Absolutely, that's and true. And it's meditative. It's very meditative. That's for sure. Once you're in into it you're just like yeah. conti- just like the rubik's cube right yeah. it's like you can't stop yes okay you know what i saw on pinterest this morning because <laughs> i do that um did you know that there is an algorithm to the rubik's cube and yes. there's more than one yes and that once you know it anybody yes. can get it back to the thing correct so, how did i not know this okay, all the time the reason, you knew this. the reason i know this is because sunny's best friend right yeah. in town um can do the rubik's cube in less than a minute and Apparently we all can. Yes, and he has tried to teach it to me multiple times, but it's not a simple algorithm. So, oh, on Pinterest he, they said it was. Yeah, well, he tells me you got to do this, 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 and so yes, it can be done. He can actually do those Rubik's cubes that are an octagon, oh. so they have more sides. Stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, but it, I, but I had no idea. I had no idea that there and there's more than one. Yeah, there's like three different algorithms that you could do the one in the middle and the one on the side, or you could do the one on the in the middle and on the top. I'm gonna try it, but now it's this Christmas. but you only have to do it six times, and then you're there. Yeah. When I think of the, year, I can remember as a child going, "It's this is easy. We just pull the stickers off and reapply them." That was my solution <laughs> the to the to problem, uh, like a bull in a china shop. Uh, when we left yesterday, there was a question that somebody had written in that since we have a minute, I think we should go ahead. But you guys can be writing in questions right now. We're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and a bunch of other places. Go ahead, write your questions in. Uh, this is a great opportunity. But um, we had uh, someone writing in from Korea yesterday. They really wanted yeah. your opinion on PE therapy. Now, yeah. uh, I, I'm assuming that PE translates the same and that they were talking about physical education, but I'm wondering if that's more what we refer to as OT here in the States. Could be. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure. And, um, you know, of course, it's interesting. My opinion about occupational therapy in general has changed w- over the years, over the course of the years, and I think that's partially because the field of OT has developed quite a bit. We now have sort of the sensory integration aspect of occupational mm-hmm. therapy. And also, I think, because the form of autism has changed. I mean, I, I always say that, and people are like, well, what do you mean? But yeah. it, it has changed dramatically from the children that we used to see back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, we're looking at a completely very different disorder now. Well, is now a good time to ask? I want you to answer the PE question, then I'm going to come back to this. Yes, I want yes. I want to know if you think that that's because something has changed with the kids themselves or because different parents are bringing their kids in to be... I, Interesting. Know, I don't think either one. We'll talk about okay. it in a minute. But okay. yeah, so the, with the PE question, so now I have a lot of kids that are just very sensory dysregulated, and you can see this in the sense that they're 
you know, one minute, well, some of them are extremely hyperactive, um, not just inattentive in the sense that they're distractible and their mind is racing, Mm -hmm. but their body is racing, right? Their physical body is, cannot sit still, it's it's in constant motion. Um, One of my kids in particular, his eyes are in constant motion. Like he can, it's so difficult for him to focus on any single thing. He's just, even when he comes into a room, that's one of my big, big things about him is that I'm not sure how this child is perceiving his environment, right? Mm-hmm. He comes in and he's just like all over the place. Like I think he's moving. I would love to ask Temple this question one yeah. time because he is looking at so many different, like everywhere. And I don't know if it's because, I don't know if that's helping him find where he is. Like if that's mm-hmm. helping stabilize his proprioceptive, his body in, in this space, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not sure. But I do see that there's a lot of sensory dysregulation. And with those children in particular, there is a benefit with OT. <clears throat> it doesn't last. So in other words, you have to continually kind of have the child on a sensory diet. Yeah. And like we will do, for instance, every other lesson or every 10 minutes, we will do some sort of sensory activity. Now, some sensory activities wake you up and other sensory activities calm you down. And that really has a lot to do with what the child needs at that moment. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I do. I do recommend it. It's not for. I, it's not necessary for everyone because some children don't really have that activity issue that occupy. You know that yeah. issue of being able to regulate their own senses. Um, but for those who do, it, it is helpful. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. So first of all, for your kiddo who's looking around everywhere. When you were looking around, you were moving your face around. Does he move his eyes or his face? Um, all. He moves his head. And have, has anybody put a VR um, thing on him? What does he do then? Yeah, so we are trying to do VR with him. Um, <clears throat> and he is very, very sensitive. So it's been an issue getting the goggles to stay on him. Ah, interesting. Currently, we're trying, we are working with prisms with him. So we actually went, got him to see a um, developmental uh, optometrist, or, and yeah. basically he now has both the close prisms and the distance prisms. Interesting. And we're, you know, that's a process where you have to kind of work it up, so yeah. that's where we're at. Fascinating. But I would love to get him back into VR. I'm going to go back to the team and ask how that's going because that really slowed down because he wasn't able to keep the goggles on. Okay, my next question, mm-hmm. have they tried the um, the colored films with him? No. Okay. No, on the, gla- on the glasses, right? Yes. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I would like to try that as well. I might get him some colored clear um, glasses when I go back. Because I find that fascinating. You know, years ago when I, when I first got out of college, I was teaching and I was at a school for all the kids were dyslexic. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating to me because we had some kids that if you put a blue piece of film over yes. their work, they could see it perfectly. Yes. Other kids <clears throat> had to be a red piece of film. And other kids still couldn't do that. And so we literally got carpet squares that were like our chairs. They were fuzzy. Yeah. And we would have them do their spelling 
with their finger on, on, on and then they had it. They could do their yeah. E's. Yeah. Instead of doing them backwards, they could do them because something connected with the tactile in the brain. And I, Interesting. I and I didn't understand all of it, but we had staff who were saying, try this with this one. If that doesn't work, try that one. And so when I became aware of the fact that um, people are trying different things, colored yeah. glasses yeah. for different kids on the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that kind of, that fascinates me a little bit. Thank it you for reminding me. me. I had completely forgotten about that. I do remember that phase. And then, of course, my next question is for you, do you think that some of that sensory component is diet? I do. Um, there's a, uh, there's definitely, it, it plays a part. There's yeah. no question. And there are certain kids where you see that uh, certain parts of their diet, whether it's, uh, I don't see it so much with gluten. I do see it with casein. I see a lot with food colorings and additives and sugar, of course. Yeah. So those types of things tend to, and then there's the additional aspect of of yeast, which yeah. also occurs. Now, with this particular child, I could have sworn, and I still feel very strongly, that he has yeast components going mm-hmm. on. But we did have some testing done. They never, I think they even did the breath test with him, mm-hmm. and they could. it was trace amounts, mm. so it wasn't enough to do anything about. Interesting. We had him on a gluten and casein-free diet for a long time, um, Parents felt that they didn't see enough of a change. He's still gluten-free, relatively gluten-free, doesn't really drink a lot of milk. Um, And I, with him, it's the hyperactivity is such a significant part of him that I feel it is more kind of brain chemical. And he is actually on uh, medication for hyperactivity. We're trying to gradually increase that as we take him off Risperdal, because mm. he had been placed on Risperdal many years ago and was on it for a long time. And this is not a child who needs to be on Risperdal. And we are, you know, Risperdal can be dangerous. So we're very slowly weaning him off. See, it's interesting that you were talking about yeast because what I was thinking about <clears throat> yeah. was pesticides. Oh, yes. Okay, so pesticides, of course, but, you know, like that's one of those things where I'm less concerned because he lives in a country where got it that is less of an issue got it well that's a wonderful thing um we did have a question that came in hello i'm a mother of a five-year-old with adhd and she doesn't have a problem to go to the bathroom but she can be sitting down for 30 minutes without doing anything she drinks a lot of fluid she eats salty chips and still doesn't go please i need help uh it's this is frustrating for me yeah so, um, you know, I would cut down on the salty chips because that's causing her to actually hold the urine, the retain, retain fluids. Yeah. And I would, um, you know, I hate to say this, but I would increase it past 30 minutes. I mean, everyone's going to go sooner or later and you can have entertainment in there yeah. so that she can actually stay. But I don't know that you need to be sitting for the whole 30 minutes. Yeah. There are a lot of, you know, when you do the, the correct steps, the procedures uh, for this, uh, she doesn't have to be sitting for that period of time, but she shouldn't be wearing uh, pants or a diaper or something. And then that 
becomes very hard for kids to hold it. Yeah. And physical movements make you aware of that. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, the, the first thing that I thought of is, is that, it, you know, a lot of times when kids sit for 30 minutes, their legs go to sleep. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, so I love the idea of, um, you know, well, we that never, we put them on for a couple of minutes, take them off for a couple of minutes, put right. them on for a couple right. of minutes, but right. we don't, don't bother redressing them. I mean, actually, the procedure right. is put them on for 15 and take them off for mm-hmm. however long. But yeah. the issue is that, uh, you know, when you're not wearing anything, and if she's a little girl, um, five, and you're doing this in the privacy of your own home, yeah. It is okay for her to be running around without underwear on, and it, it becomes very hard, actually, for the child who is running around to hold it that yeah. long, and you can pretty much tell. Yeah. But the well, chips might be actually forcing her to retain the liquid. Yeah. And, you know, you, for modesty's sake, what a lot of people do is get, like, a long T-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a Big Brother's T-shirt Correct. or one of Mom's T-shirts, and right. you put it on. So it's like a dress. Right. Um, and it's funny because I... <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but uh, there was a family discussion recently with one member of my family who is not necessarily loving how another member of the family is potty training uh-huh. because they're doing exactly this. And they were like, I, you know, I've oh, okay. trained a lot of kids and da, da 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 da. And I said, well, actually, you know, the experts kind of say that that's kind of the way to do it. Right. And she was like, well, but then you have pee everywhere. And I was like, no, you don't. Yeah. Because when they start to pee, you run with them to the right. bathroom, stick right. them on the potty. Right. right. So that they're, you know, and maybe you have a small trail of pee. Right. As, but if you're paying attention, the minute the pee starts to come, you yay yes. and go to the toilet and stick them on the toilet before they're done. So you catch a little bit exactly. of it in the thing. Exactly. But they were like, you're going to have pee on everything and I was like no I mean and you know Shannon like what we used to do was that you would actually spend the time in the bathroom yeah and not necessarily like maybe in the master bathroom of the house or like a larger bathroom that's all decorated and fun and there's books and there's stuff so if you do have an accident you are in a bathroom Just I love how you well. said bathroom like it was palatial. I and, know, I know. And all I could think about was the bathroom where we potty trained Jem, which was this, and it was it was the master bathroom, but it was teeny tiny okay. where you couldn't fit him, myself, and a, a behavior technician in there, in there and have us all turn around like we couldn't. Let me but it was still fun, and we made it work, and it, yeah, and we yeah, managed it worked. It. The first child I ever potty trained, which was God a hundred years ago was in a um, RV. Right. There I mean, you go. if you can believe it, that's yeah. where they lived. Yeah. That's where I body trained him. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. it can happen, it will happen. Definitely. Um, uh, we have another question. Isn't there a book, website, YouTube video where someone can explain things clearly? It seems like so- social skills is a magic thing that people mention but never talk clearly about. Well, I guess, you know, some of these things are hard because it's like, how much detail can you go into? Yeah. But um, there are all kinds of things for, we've done so many videos on individual skills having to do with social skills. Like what is, like social skills is so big. Yeah. I would want to know what is it first that you want to start with or ask you, depending on the age of the child, there's got to be like a thing that you start with and and then there's probably a video that we've done to explain yeah. how to teach that social skill and then you build on from that. So I look at social skills just like any other skill that needs to be taught and it really is, I completely understand though what this parent is saying because there are so many different 
factors, variables that come into play also with social skills, with anything. It like, I will be looking at a completely different set of social skills if it's one type of child versus another type. So it's the very, it's not just the age. Yeah. The age matters because they're different. You know, you have a completely different set of social skills at age three than you do at age seven. Yeah. Right. And then it also has to do with the functioning level of the child because you might have a child who is, like I said, very inattentive and not even aware of others in the room, much less wanting to take turns and play with them. Or you might have a child who is extremely interested in the others, just doesn't know how to. You might have a nonverbal child who or is just delayed in, significantly delayed in language. So it's going to be very different, right? And... Um, like anything else, I think the best advice for parents is to list what you actually, let me go, let me take that back because I think it's hard for parents to list uh, the, the things that they feel are behind. Mm -hmm. It's hard because you don't, you don't have a comparison. Mm -hmm. That is exactly why we wrote skills, right? Which was the platform. There, here's what you should do. You should look online. This is the easiest way to go. And look at developmental tests like the Brigance. Mm-hmm. This is B-R-I-G-A-N-C-E. Very easy to do this. And that test lists by every six months the type of skills that should be developing. Yeah. Now, you look at your child and let's say your child is four years old. That's 48 months. So you go back and you look at, okay, what was the child at six months of age supposed to be doing? Is my child doing all of those? Check, 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 check. Now I'm going to look at the one-year-old, check, 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 two-year-old, and so on. And whatever is lacking, whether it's social, uh, adaptive, I don't know, language, motor, you name it, those are the things that you want to focus on teaching. So now you know that, let's say, you have to teach um, you know, your child is not conversing with other children. Let's start yeah. there. That's, let's say that is the, the milestone that you're trying to go towards. This is where it becomes really important now to go to a autism curriculum like skills or there's rethink. And these curricula will kind of help you understand all the different steps that go to that larger milestone. Yeah. So talking with other children, for example, involves a lot of prerequisites. It involves, first of all, being able to talk about things. That in itself is a big skill because some of our kids can, they can talk, but they can express their needs or they can describe an object that's in front of them, but they don't know how to talk about things that are not necessarily present. So that's a task that's... a series of lessons that get to this particular lesson, which is tell me about, right? And that is something they must have mastered. Another thing they must have mastered, obviously, is being able to stand in an appropriate position with other kids. Some of our kids are too close. Others are too far. Some are leaning on our kid, you know, or lo- not the social nonverbal cues have to be there. Yeah. So eye contact, um, and being able to listen and receive information from others. All of these are individual tasks. And then, of course, being able to do that, let's say, in a group, which is a big yeah. deal. It's completely different than being able to listen to one other person. Turn-taking, right? Receiving that information and being able to talk about it. Saying a, I just wrote a program for someone, 
is, you know, being able to make statements that are of similar form or being able to ask questions about a statement that was just made. All of these things go in to just conversation. And then when you're talking about social conversation, there's a lot of other nuances that are individual lessons. Like, you know, do I know these people? Are they my peers? Are they friends of my parents? Are they authority figures? And our behavior changes completely based on that. I'm not going to talk to my best friend the same way I talk to a teacher. Right. Right? So that has to come in. The context, the location. So am I in a classroom where I'm not even supposed to be talking or in a library where I have to keep my voice down? or in a noisy place where I have to yell a little bit, or, you know, all of these types of things come in. And so I think it's really important. I completely agree. It is hard. Um, A website that does exist is Skills for Autism, and if you go in there, we try to individualize things as much as possible. So you would answer questions about your child. That would take you to specific lessons and that would help identify exactly how to go about it. And I love everything that you said and I didn't want to interrupt you because it was good information but now we have more information that this is the adult asking for themselves. I see. And they're saying um, I I want a secret to know how to get behind different paywalls. I just desperately want to learn how I can make a connection with someone. Yes, absolutely. And to some extent the same stuff is true that I just said. You kind of have to start by making a list of the things that are hard, right, for you, perhaps. Like, I cannot, I have a hard time, like, start practicing these things. Can you listen to someone and then go back to a quiet place and write out what they said? By listening, are you hearing them? And if you're able to write it out, can you then ask questions about those things? This is the beginning of like exchange of communication. The biggest thing that I find our adults tell me, and, and by the way, if you can't yourself figure out what the areas of difficulty are, ask people. They will tell, like tell, ask them, what is it that you see I'm having a hard time doing in our conversations? And they can help you as well. But the biggest thing I'll tell you that I hear from adults is the difficulty they experience is with being able to take the perspective of someone else. And in conversation and in interaction, any kind of social interaction, uh, neurotypical people tend to do that a lot. So they take each other's perspective and they use a lot of tools to take each other's perspective. For instance, they, they look at body language. Mm-hmm. Like right now that I'm talking, you can see Shannon is nodding her head. So that means she agrees with me, which then encourages me to keep going. Um, if she was to go like this, I'd be like, okay, maybe she's she's either disagreeing or there's something else that came to her mind that she wants to say. So I would pause. So these are nuances that we learn and we start to automatically think from someone else's perspective. If you can do more of that, I promise you it will help you uh, connect with other people. So When something happens, try to think, this is how I feel about it. I wonder how this person feels about it. And come up with with an idea and then ask them. Like, you know, know, we just had a very busy traffic or situation. 
Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling, how are you feeling about it? Start asking people, learn about their feelings in different scenarios. And that will really start to help you understand to see the world from their perspective. Once you're able to do that, it helps with connection, with communication, and so on. Now, there are, in my mind, Shannon, not enough places for adults to practice this type of thing. There's just not enough services for adults. Um, Sometimes it helps if you can find other individuals who are also on the spectrum, and you will find that you're more forgiving towards each other and can bond and produce connections. And when there are two of you, you both become kind of stronger and braver in in regards to approaching social situations. That helps community events or getting engaged in activities that you like um, will always help, whether it's anything, you know, robotics to sewing to carpentry to... Uh, painting, coloring, you know, whatever it might be that interests you, those types of situations will help promote social behavior. There are a lot of organizations, too. Um, sometimes now they're forming at work that they will have a group, um, a diversity group that includes yes. a lot of people on the spectrum. That's something you can look at if you're employed. Um, there are... Everything from at the Ed Asner Center, they do something called movie chat Yes, um, that is led by other individuals who are on the spectrum. There's a movie picked every week, and it, at the beginning of the movie chat, they start discussing the movie, but then it evolves into just having discussions, and it's online, and it's yes. free so that you can do that. There are coaches now who are social skills coaches. Some of them are are clinical psychologists who help people with these kinds of things, but there are also a growing number of adults on the spectrum who have figured some stuff out. Yes. And I can tell you Daniel Wexler, amazing, Dr. Carrie Magro, um, Jennifer O'Toole. These are all adults that are on the spectrum that do this kind of work um, with people, but there are also really good professionals. I mean, you're not available for this kind of thing, but someone with your types of a, a degrees has been very helpful to people. Yes, definitely. Um, because what, what you do is you go in and say, here's what happened, mm-hmm. and then you have the person translate for That's you right. and workshop what you could do in the, the next time. That's right. And kind of, we were talking about the other day about the drop-down menus that you mm-hmm. guys used to give me, that if this happens, here are my choices of what I can do. And years ago, we have a friend that uh, I used to say, when are you going to write down? Because she used to just make drop-down menus for people that if, you know, if you run into your ex at mm-hmm. the store and they're with their new boyfriend, here are some things that you can say. Yes. Um, and give lists to people. And I was like, why isn't that in a book? Yeah. You need to put that in a book. So, um, you know... And I think there are more and more books like that coming out there. But the help is there. There's even an organization for women on the spectrum. There's a couple of them, actually. Mm. One that's professional women. They get together in New York City. And then there's another one that's more nationwide that I think it's called Geek Girls. Nice. Um, so there are more and more of these things popping up. you got to find your tribe. Yes. And there are different, you know, different tribes have different things, right? Absolutely. But find your tribe and there is there is help and support out there. But if there's a specific thing that you know that you're struggling with, write in and ask us what that is and we'll be happy to ask Dr. Grampichet. I want to get to Taryn, who we love, says how to teach pronouns. This is one of my favorite questions. Well, and, and it depends, Taryn, if you're asking about personal pronouns or possessive pronouns, because they're two different lessons. Mm. 
So if you are trying to have the child say I, you, he, she, those are personal pronouns, um, we, they, you know, all that. Or if you're looking at my, yours, his, hers, that's possessive. And um, there are different ways to do that. But generally, to give you guidance on that, um, what we would do is we would pair the name of the person with the pronoun in the sentence. It's a very interesting thing. This was one of the very first lessons that we ever did. And um, we it works. And then you fade out the name. So in other words, it would be like touch my nose and that would be very confusing for the child because they touch their own nose mm-hmm. thinking that my always refers and then but then you would say touch my Doreen's nose and that's easy and then you gradually fade out Doreen and you say touch my Doreen's nose and then that way gradually the child learns whenever they hear touch my it is someone else's, mm-hmm. but when they want to express their own, it's theirs. So across the pronouns, it's always a matter of pairing the name with the pronoun and then gradually fading volume on the name. Yeah. And then when you do it with like visuals, you can also do, you know, with words and then you fade out the word. It's it hard. seems so difficult. And yet, what you're describing absolutely works, and it works yeah, takes it works. different amounts of time for different people, so you got to be patient with it. But it's like a magic trick. And yeah. then eventually they get it, and then they have it forever, and you can't take it away from right. them. Right. But the confusing, I mean, his and her are easier, but the confusing part is when you're dealing with my and your, because it reverses yeah. if it's reverse or if yes. it's receptive or expressive. Yes, and it can be overwhelming, but j- follow what she said, it works. Uh, somebody wrote and said, I want to try giving my son methyl B12. Uh, do we need a prescription for it? Is blood work necessary? Yeah, I'm not sure that every physician would do blood work. But yes, you do need to see a physician. It, methyl B12 is usual. I mean, you can give, uh, you know, uh, various forms of methyl B12 in tablet form, but it's not the same. What, what What's done for autism is shots, injections, that you will learn to give. Um, but you should be doing that with a functional medicine physician. The the MedMaps doctors are are good at, with this, but in general, a lot of functional medicine physicians will know how to do this. If you go to your run-of-the-mill pediatrician and you talk about this, they may do blood work to see if your child is low in B12, and then they may even... I mean, I'm having this argument with my personal doctor right now because we discovered that I'm, at her words, catastrophically low in B12. Yes. Um, so she wanted to prescribe B12, and she wanted to give me infusions of B12, but she does not agree with me that it should be methyl B12. Exactly. I was going to say it's, it's a, a very, very different, different thing. thing. It's a very different thing. And so she and I disagree on that. And so I am taking methyl B tablets and that's working for me. Yes. I'm sure that it would be quicker if I did injections of methyl B12, right. but you can't just go to your regular physician or pediatrician for that right. matter. It's one of those things. Do you remember back when you would say the word probiotic and doctors would be like, oh, yeah. you're a Fruit Loop and yeah. you're talking to me yeah. about probiotics. Yeah. Yeah. And they had, and they would have nothing to do with it. And you would say, well, I think maybe he needs a probiotic. And they would just roll their eyes into the back of their head. And now There's it's the- like everything. That's right. Right? Yeah. And so I think we're going to get there with methyl B12, but we're not. 
Right. Um, so just know that if they're prescribing B12, it's gonna, it's not gonna do what we talk about methyl B12 doing. Right. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't pretend to know why. But no, well, methyl B12 has to do with methylation, so mm-hmm. it's a very different process in your body. But and yeah, you should definitely be talking to a physician to do that under prescription. And so that does take, as you said, a functional medicine person or mm-hmm. one of the MedMaps doctors, and they are expensive to meet with. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. But, you know, um, and many of them don't accept insurance, so you'll have to pay. And yes. Then, Try to get it reimbursed from your insurance. Yes. Although I was told 10 years ago that if there's a list of medicines when you, when you go to your insurance and the, that they don't cover, and if you say, I would like you to cover this, that it goes on a list. And if mm-hmm. enough people request it, um, then eventually, and I remember 12 years ago asking for methyl B12 to be included. So I think everybody should probably request it, and then maybe someday we'll get there. Um, but... It's, I think, you know, having gone through the process with what would now be, back then they called them a different name, but now they're MedMaps. But with, yes. you know, usually they want you to do a bunch of, of testing. And it's not yeah. test, testing that you can do through your regular, they want it to go to a specific lab. But this like is one of the things that we fund through ACT. There you go. As labs. Yeah, we there do, definitely. And... If you have, uh, you know, a doctor who wants to do testing and your insurance won't cover it or they don't take insurance or so, um, please try to get a grant from us through ACT. Yeah. But in the meantime, I mean, there are, as you said, other ways. to. I'm taking methyl B12 sublingually that I put a tablet underneath my tongue. Um, a good friend of yours has lollipops mm-hmm, that's right. um, that there's methyl B12 in because it's hard to get to give a tablet to your child and Very. say, hold that underneath your right, tongue. Right. But when they suck on a lollipop, that takes it gives it a little bit more time. And it's not going to have the same bang right. as getting the shot. We all know and accept that, but it is a way that you can move the dial. I'm watching it in my blood work, move the dial. That's great. Um, that's great. So... Um, and maybe we should take just a minute to talk about, you know, what is good about methyl B12. What what have you seen it do for some well, kids? Well, okay, so first of all, parents are always worried when it's a shot, but these are tiny, tiny needles. And sometimes, I, I mean, parents will even give the shot to their child when the child's asleep, which yeah. I think is incredible. And it's usually two or three times a week, so it does repeat itself. When your methylation increases, you are uh, in- increasing the ability to detoxify. And you are now also getting a lot more energy because of that. So your child will generally feel better. Their brain will be clearer, I guess. Um, that's probably the number one thing that you see with methyl B12. Uh, because they're young children, you don't see the change in energy so much, but you do see the clarity, I guess. Um, and of course, you know, we all want our kids to have less toxins. So, yes. yeah. And yeah. for us, you know, one of the reasons why we did it was that all the parents were talking about that their kids could access language easier. Which it's, it's all part of the clarity, you know, like your yeah. brain is clearer. So it's very nice. And the story that I always tell, because I drug my feet, you know, Lisa Ackerman bugged me for years and said, when are you going to do methyl B12 with this child? And yeah. I just, oh, yeah. man, I just... Yeah. Um, and then finally we started doing it and, you know, before we did it, Jem was talking, but I couldn't understand he would bring something up. Like the day that we got in the car and he, and I said, how was school today? 
and he normally we couldn't get anything out of him and then one day he said oh you know they arrested the king yeah and on uh, the on the bus they, they arrested the king it took us forever to figure out he was talking about they learned about Martin Luther King that day yeah but then we started the shots and this is just like 2 months later and we had been to Disneyland and he came into our bedroom and woke me up and he said mom do you remember when we were at the Blue Sky Place and mm-hmm. we looked at how they built Cars Land and, and they showed how they showed Route 66? Right. Well, there's this new Disney movie that's all about London and the carrier pigeons. I think that they should build a place in California Adventure that's downtown London. Yeah. And I went, <laughs> what? Who were you? Yeah. I mean, and he said all of that. And, yeah. I, and I was like hitting my husband going, wake up. You don't want to miss this. That's and I was so afraid it was going to go away. That's incredible. But before he would have come and said pigeons and cars. Yes. And I would have been like, what has that got to do with anything? It's I don't awesome. know what you're talking about. Right. But that's what Methyl B12 did for him. And we did it for a couple of years. And then... We stopped. He asked for it. Mm-hmm. And then we, um, we, he asked us. He said, can I get those shots again? They yep. helped me. Yep. So um, absolutely amazing. Can uh, I address a message that just came in? <laughs> I mean, you can. Oh, I definitely want to. Okay. So there's a, a, a family is writing in Jen and saying Card is a scam company uh, please do your research and look up employee and parent reviews and many lawsuits against the company. Doreen Grampy, she uses your children as cash cows. And then later she wrote in and said, Card abandoned all of their Oregon buildings due to unethical practices. You should be ashamed of yourself, Doreen. And I want to bring it up because I want our viewers to know I have absolutely nothing to do with Card. I want you to know that I founded Card. I sold Card almost five years ago. So, um, and I actually am not on their board. I am not their CEO. I have absolutely nothing to do. Um, I sold it in 2018. I wish I had more to do because, Jen, I actually think, you know, if I was in charge of the company, whether it be Card or any other company, I would not be shutting down sites. Let me just start there. I know that there's a huge need for families out there, especially in Oregon. I would have 100% stayed in Oregon. In fact, that was one of the big arguments that I had with Card's board. I wasn't a part. I was not part of it when this happened. I think this year or last year, they shut down all of their Oregon sites. But I, I, I'm so sorry that my name is on it. My name should not be on it. My lawyers have told them not to put my name on it. I am not blaming others. I have absolutely nothing to do with CARD as of 2018. I want you to know that. Yep. I sold it. So, um, and, and I've had my own disagreements. I know you're angry and you are welcome to try to blame me. It won't do much good because I have, I'm powerless over this. I have a lot of families who contact me and ask me to do something, and I have tried, and I have my own issues ongoing, believe me, because I'm kind of on your side. I would not have shut down the sites. I would not have laid off employees. I hear constantly from parents that they're unhappy Um, And I know that the the field has changed a lot, and I'm not going to make excuses for the organizations that are struggling, like CARD and others that are struggling with turnover and with parent complaints and so on. 
because I don't know what is going on either side of it. I'm not part of it. I'm not involved with it. And I'm really sorry that you've had a bad experience. Um, I actually, my lawyers forced uh, card lawyers to take my name and my image off of everything that is publicly card. And they had to do that in, through legal terms. So I apologize. I'm very sorry that you're having a bad experience. I know other parents have as well. Uh, you know, when I formed CARD, it was all with good intentions. We did a lot of good work. Yes, I had, you did. We had 260 sites with a lot of very happy parents. There are lots of parents that will attest to that and lots of happy employees and uh, in fact, on my TikTok, I'm doing a whole segment on this issue because a lot of parents ask me about how I feel about private equity organizations getting involved in the field of autism and ABA. And I am sad to see that there are so many organizations who are um, struggling, failing. And of course, what that means is that parents are struggling and their kids are being left without service. So it's very, very upsetting and sad, and I, um, I wish that I could do something about it. In fact, despite the fact that I'm uh, uh, retired now, I would start up all over again, but I have a very ironclad non-compete with cards since I retired, so I cannot even provide direct services myself. So I'm uh, really sorry about your experience, and I hope that it is resolved. There we go. Um, and with that, I think and with we're that, out we're out of time. But I want to say that I am one of those parents that benefit. Thank you. I know, and, and I, I am so happy. About I am that. very sad. Um, I know what it feels like to be angry. Yes. And I know what it feels like to feel abandoned, and that is not a good way to feel. But you have to, you know, look at who is on on your side and who is not, and yeah. pick pick who you want to align with and how you and how you want to spend your anger. And I'm so but, I, but I feel putting so it sad, here I have Chant. to say is I mean, of, is no, of no like, use to this parent. The reason that I wanted to bring it up on air is because I feel the same anger this parent feels. I, I am understand. so upset. I'm so disappointed in the decisions that have been made. It is not just Oregon, there are many other states that where parents are just abandoned like that and it breaks my heart. The children need these services. The payers are willing to work with it, but decisions are made to the contrary of what I would make. And then it's just like it's it's also very upsetting for me when I see parents of that are this upset. Is. So of course it is because you built something that was amazing, and, and because my hands are tied. Yes, yes, that's, that's very upsetting. Um, yeah, but I but I feel like you know there comes a point when you have to think about okay, so it's that thing we talked about the other day about the serenity prayer. Um, serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom yeah. to know the difference. Yep. And so that's part of why we're here with this new entity. Right. That um, the Autism Network is right. born out of this is what we can do. Right. And this, and we want to be of help and use to families in the way that we can. Correct. Um, because Jen, that's possible. And also, that is why I'm working hard to write write books which will hopefully be able to disseminate some of the information and knowledge that I have from having been yes. uh, the founder and CEO of CARD for that many years. Um, so all of that is stuff that I'm trying to do to help families. Uh, I wish I had the means to kind of reinstate services and help everyone, but I just don't. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, 
God bless your journey. Yes. Um, and hopefully you will find help for you and your family there that you can count on. Um, that is what I wish for you in this new year. This is our last live show, and we need to close it out of, of the year 2022. We do have a show tomorrow. Let's Talk Movies with Moira and Shannon, uh, where we, I don't think you're going to want to miss it, especially there is a moment that you won't want to miss because uh, we pre-taped. We are like the we are the autism mom, Siskel and Ebert is what people are calling us, and uh, it's hilarious when we don't agree on a movie, and there's a big movie we don't agree on. Just say that. Um, but then... Then we have some pretty amazing programming for you over, we're going to play the best of the best, rerun some great shows over the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to be back here live in the second week in January, and with some big announcements and some big guests and some big incredible things uh, to try and help you guys, because you know we're always looking to give you information and inspiration to do whatever it is that you have to do. I don't want to leave this year without saying thank you to you for everything that you have done. Honestly, thank you to you, Shannon, and to Traven. It's been such a joyful period. But for all the things and all the years and all the families that you have helped and continue to help, thank you from the very bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. It makes me so emotional. I want to thank all of you for riding with us through this ride, this really interesting year, and tell you that you're all amazing, and I'm so glad to be a part of your tribe. We're going to come back in 2023 and do more and bigger things. Absolutely. Right? We hold hands. We get through it together. Happy New Year to everyone. Yes. A new year, new start, new things to tackle. All right. Uh, Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you, too. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everyone. 